Hey gang, have you ever been so frustrated with the dental material that you just say, you know what, I can't use this, I'm just gonna go find something else to use instead? Of course, we all have, right? So you go find another product to replace it. But what do you do if the next product and the next product isn't really much better than the product you were using? What do you do? Well, if you're like me, you do the best you can with the product and you say, well, this is what it is, right? Well, most of us say that, but not cosmetic pioneer, Dr. Buddy Mopper. See, Buddy was working with cosmetic composite materials at the time, and he was really challenged with how those materials were working. And he went to the manufacturers, and he talked to the manufacturers, and they didn't want to make the changes that he thought needed to be done. So what did he do? That's right, he started his own company. In part two of our two-part series, Surecast, with Dr. Buddy Mopper, we get to learn about how we started Cosmonet and the early days of that company, what materials they started with, and how it ultimately became the company that it is today. It's a fascinating story from an amazing storyteller. Enjoy this episode of Dental Online Training Surecast, part two of our interview with Dr. Buddy Mopper. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, enjoy the Surecast. Hello, Dental Online Trainers. Welcome to part two of our Sharecast with my former partner, my mentor, a guy who really doesn't need much introduction, uh, Dr. Buddy Mopper, but I gave you a little bit of introduction and a little promo. But I would advise everybody, if you want to hear some great stories about going to dental school and then afterwards, go back and listen to part one because uh, there was stuff. I practiced with, with Buddy for since 97 to 2018, I think. Yes. So we had 20 years together. I thought I knew everything about you and I heard some great stories that I didn't know about. <laughs> so um, we, we had a lot of laughs and it was good fun. So this part two is about Cosmonet, and Buddy was a real pioneer. For those who don't know, composite systems were much different back in the day. And Buddy, I want you to sort of start us out what it was like. And we ended part one talking about when Colzer came in and you started working with Durafil. And I want to take it from there because I think this is where you started really thinking about how to make composites better. So you're using Durafil, which was the first microfill in dentistry and you're seeing right. phenomenal polishes. Your practice now, you're still doing pediatric dentists, pediatric dentistry. I, I was not, at that time, I was starting to phase out a little bit. I remember I, before I had a series of people come in, including my nephew, uh, Marty, right. who worked for me as, and helped in the practice, things of that nature. So I was starting to phase out and do more of, of the adult dentistry, but I was still doing the pediatric dentistry. What I did is basically, as I started to phase out, I would see uh, consults and uh, recall in my practice and then in the, in the morning, then do a lot of the heavy bonding in the morning also along with that. In the afternoon, I did more, more of the heavy bonding until I had to change over completely and I started going completely into bonding and, and, and not doing the pediatric dentistry at all. Great. So you trans transitioned, you brought in pediatric dentists. Now you're just concentrating on doing the cosmetic dentistry stuff. Right. right. So, so now you, you become, if I remember right, buddy, you started to start working with companies. So first talk about like some of the frustrations you were having with the materials back then. So you're using Durafil. What other materials were you, Herculite maybe was coming out then? Herculite didn't come out till later. It, that came out a little later. I was using a, uh, a macrofill from Johnson & Johnson. I forget what it was named, 
as a backup material because it was stronger, okay? Like for the lingual wall and stuff like that. So you were doing a layering where you would use a stronger material, macrofill, for right. the of the wall, and then and I'd use it. an opaque on it if I needed to, and then then and that's what I I I used, and then I would do the microfill over the top on, on, as far as the for the aesthetics. How the hell did you figure that out? Well, I knew I needed strength in the lingual for a fracture. Is <laughs> the microfill so I, I wanted the strongest the strongest thing I could get, and the, there wasn't Herculite at that time, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I just did it. And it worked for me. I forget the name of the material. Was anyone else layering? Like, were you like going at this point, buddy? Was I mean, this is before there was a cosmetic association. I th I think that only myself and Norm Feigenbaum were the only two layers. So okay. I, I'm just trying to picture this, right? So <laughs> this is before. I mean, you got the American Dental Association. Are is anyone talking about this stuff? I mean, we're we're like I I started. They had me lecturing. I was lecturing. I had people laugh me off the stage. I had people. It didn't believe it. I was lecturing for a long time. I don't forget it. We wrote the book, The Complete Guide to Dental Bonding, which is very successful for Johnson & Johnson. That was the backup material I was, I think it was called Orofil. That's what it was called. Orofil was the backup, the real strong macrofill material that I used for the backup material. And then I used opaquers, the ones that they had from Kalzer, and I used their microfill. And it, it worked. It worked. But there were so many things that it was too translucent. And I went to company. We went to 3M. We went to Johnson Johnson. Uh, and, and we said, we got some really great ideas. They don't want to, they, they, but we wanted to participate. They didn't want any part of us. Mm. So eventually that's when Norm Feigenbaum and I started Cosmodent. Then we brought Michael Malley in to, to help run it. And we came up with ideas. That's how it started. So you, you and you and Norm Feigenbaum, um, who's since passed away, but you guys are saying, okay, we got to create our own company. Now you just, you just don't go out, I mean, create a company. I mean, this, it's not like, Hey, now I got a composite. I mean, how, how did you like, we started you, as an educational company. You were teaching people actually how to layer with not only that, we, we wrote the best, actually the first cosmetic, the form of, of, of aesthetic dentistry was really the first cosmetic piece dedicated to cosmetic dentistry. And Norman was a good writer. He was the one that was in charge of that. I added a copy to it, things of that nature. Sure. But we, we started the form of aesthetic dentistry. So we had the form of aesthetic dentistry. And then I felt that, you know, that dentists needed something to show people what could be done with composite. So we developed an album. I took a lot of my stuff and a little bit of Norman's stuff. We went to our local photo phototronics and they developed the pictures for us. And we put it into an album and we sold like $53,000 worth of the album the first year. Seriously? No way. Yeah. Yeah. And that just dentist before and after. Just so before, before and after. Before and after. Okay. The dentists could show their patients, hey, yeah, that's what exactly. it would look like if I no, their their, At that time, dentists weren't into photography. They weren't into photography. So you, right. you, you've always been beautiful with your dental photography. Now back for those who, the younger dentists, we were shooting slide photography back in the day. Did you, were you shooting photos like as a hobbyist or anything before, before you started shooting photos no. in the practice? All right, no. so you come in and you went down to your camera, sh camera shop. Phototronics was a camera shop down the street yeah. from, our, from the old office. And did they just sort of guide you on building a kit to take photos? No. No, I did it myself. I wanted the best lens I could shoot with. And so I got the medical Nikkor, which is still the best lens you can shoot with. Great okay? lens, yeah. It's outstanding, but it's, it, they don't do it anymore because it's a very expensive. It was very expensive. And I shot it on an icon body. The ring light was built into the lens. It's a phenomenal. Right. 
it, it's a shame that they don't have it today. It, it, the only thing is it's heavy. Right. And it, yeah. it, it's very heavy, but you can sit outside the mouth. You don't have to get right up on the pig, so it's much easier to shoot because of its telephoto aspect to it. And you can shoot outside the mouth, so you don't have imposed on the operator, okay? Mm -hmm. And so you can shoot working pictures, and it's an unbelievable lens, and that's what I shot with. And today, the clarity of the pictures are still so unbelievable, it's unreal, okay? And you were just self-taught, you just sort of just practiced. I taught myself. So that's a good lesson for dentists that are out there, especially young dentists, is sometimes it's just trial and error. You know, you just keep on practicing, keep on working it until you figure out how to get it right. All right, so I, because I interrupted you, we were talking about that, but I was curious about your photography background. All right, so you guys get this photo book. You and Norm put this photo book together. You go to trade shows like the Chicago Midwinter Meeting. Yeah. You guys got a little booth and you say, hey, this is our before and after book. That was the first That's product it. that you guys had. That was our first product. And were you guys then, named Cosmodent then? We were had Cosmodent then. That was but your we name. We were an educational company, but we brought out a product. That was our product. Then we found the disking system, okay? And I changed it. And it's still, it's, it's such a wonderful disking system to this day. It's unbelievable. It's the best. It's the best. Disc. Uh, it's unbelievable because it, it, even with the coarse disc, you don't leave any scratches. You go all the way through the polishes. It's rapid. It's fast. The paper is resilient. It doesn't crimp. It's got all everything you want in it. We changed the color coded system in it to make it so it's easy to di differentiate. So that was our second product was where the disc. How did you know to use disc? Like, what was it like here? So you're well, a Because I, I started, remember, I told you. Back in, in dental school, we used this in dental school. Oh, you okay? did? You were using more Yes, we, we used this to polish. It, it, like you, it, if you like did, the gold I margins. Did, like you'd, uh, run, you'd run your gold disc. Margins gold on, margins on amalgam. On, on, you could do a, a, a cervical amalgam, and, and you use disc and things of that nature. Uh -huh. And so I used disc all the way through. So I started remembering with sandpaper, uh -huh. disc all the way through cuddle. They were natural. So when, once we found the mylar bath disc, which are much more usable, Mm -hmm. It was a natural. We developed our disking system. Then along came the rubber aspect to it. And so that was it. And then our, our next product that we developed was Renamel Microfill and Renamel Restorative System. The, the opaquers and the microfill. That came after the... And you wanted a microfill because, again, the Durafill was just too translucent. And so you wanted to create a microfill. I wanted to make it more opaque. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it matched the opacity of, of, of the two surfaces itself. And I wanted to be able to have its own internal translucency so we could develop translucency from within. Or as, as you thinned it out, it would become more translucent. And that's what we did. We were lucky enough to have a company come to us from Germany and they showed me their product. I liked the polishability of the product, but I changed, we changed the whole system. And my idea, and that we were the first ones to do it, was to match the Vita Shade guy because everybody was coming out with composite UO, LO, this, that. So that's a bunch of bunk. Let's yeah. match tooth color. What's the best shade guide on the market? The Vita guide. So that's what we match. How long and did it we, take you? When you guys first started and you sat down with your scientists, your chemists, and you guys are like, all right, this is what they have. This is what you want it to be. How long did it take Right. See, the consistency wasn't what we wanted either. So he said, you got to change the consistency. You got to change the color. You got to change the opacity. And these guys are tremendous. They're still alive today and still with us. It's been a great teamwork between the people in Germany and us in developing our products. It's amazing. So how long did it take you to get the microfilm from when you guys first met them and started seeing the material to get a microfilm you could put on the market? It took us about to develop the microfilm. 
it took us about a year and a half, I think, because yeah. okay. we had trouble with the opakers, and I didn't like the opakers. So I had them go back and make the opakers over. Can I ask what you didn't like about the opakers? Too thin. They were too runny. And too they runny. Yes. No control over them. The first batch of microfill, I didn't like the consistency either. It was too soft. So we changed that too. If I can put a plug in for the opakers. What I love about the Cosmin opakers is that they're opaque, but not overly opaque. That's right. And so you can block out. And if you need to block out some more after you like cure it, you can add a little bit more opaque or where some of the opakers are so dang strong that they're, they all of a sudden your restoration becomes too opaque. There's another aspect of our opakers. They are color blenders because they match the color of the Vita Shake guy. Yeah. So they're That's not only opaque. opakers, but they're color blenders. So for those who don't understand is that if you're doing an A1 tooth, you can, with the renamel system, you can take an A1 hybrid or a A1 nanofill as a palatal wall, use an A1 opaquer, and then you finish up with your A1 microfill, and it's how you get your final shade. That technique of picking the shade and using it all the way through, buddy, that was so different from what anyone else was doing at right. the time. That's right. Did you get a lot of, was, was there a lot of pushback from people when you were coming out with that? You know what, Dennis? I never worried about pushback. I didn't care because I knew I was right. <laughs> <laughs> so for it's those... The truth. Hey, hey, listen. How easy it is to say, I want to match an A4 tooth. Well, what color uh, uh, a microhybrid are you going to use? A4. What color opaque? A4. What color microfilm you go? A4. Is that easy? What can be easier than that? Because it works. It works. That's why. So I never worried about the pushback and anybody who wants to do it any other way and they get good results. I have no, nothing, no axe to grind against sure. that. Sure. And there's a lot of people do it. A lot of people use our system and still do it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. They use a darker microhybrid underneath and then overlay with a lighter composite, try to come up with third color. I'm not into that Bollywood. I want to match. I want it to match exactly. And that's what we do. It works every time. So I don't, you know, that's the I never, never, even thought about it. With Cosmodent, you guys then came out with your microfilm and your opaquer system, and you've just been sort of growing from that. One of the yeah. things though, buddy, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like always from the very beginning, you guys started as an educational company and you guys have always stressed education as part of the Cosmodent um, format. That's is, right. that, is that intentional? I mean, is that like- you That's know, intentional. We sell through education if you want to know the truth. We want our people to understand how our system works, how it's different from others, why we're not just a me too operation, okay? And, you know, we can help them with their, other things that they're having with other systems to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. We believe in education and that's always been the key to our company is, hey, show me how the disc works. There's a way the disc work properly. You know that, Dennis. So people true. don't flex them enough. They pussyfoot around and where, where they should be using them. And you got in order to do that, you got to demonstrate. So we're we're the biggest hands-on company, I think, in the country. Although we're small, but we do so many hand workshops, it's unbelievable. But yeah, it, I agree. When you guys then, as you guys are sort of growing Cosmodent and stuff, how did you balance between running the company? And I know you had Michael Malley who was doing that, but you know, there's you still had a lot to do. You're coming up with new materials, and yeah. you're you know, and but you're also you also got to practice. You're private practice, right. you have a family. How do you balance that? Well, I think in a way, you know, I put in a lot of hours because I put in a lot of night hours at home, developing my presentations and things of that nature. But I still had time for my kids and things of that nature. 
and my kids were part of it. My son, Robert, you know, is in the company. He's been in the company forever. He helped us, helped us put the, the albums together when he was a youngster, you know. And, uh, and, and so we've always had good help. Are we, you know, our, our people have been with us long. We got like 11 yes. people been with us 25 years. Right. So we've had good help. And so I concentrated on the educational aspect. Mike concentrates on running the business. I will help write copy, but we have his wife, Kay, and, and, and Mary B, and, and Carol, and, and people that are dedicated to it. As you know, Erica, as we develop our educational center, we brought on Erica. She does yep. that. Bennett, uh, who is terrific, who does our, he's our export manager and things of that nature. You have to bring on people that are good that do what they do. And so that's what we did. But we worked hard. We traveled a lot. I spent a lot of hours a week doing this. But I, you know what? It, it didn't bother me. I, I just, uh, just I, loved it. I feasted on it, to tell you yeah. the truth. I, I think it's great. And I think the profession, obviously, we're much better for it because we're doing materials in a much different way. And nobody, I, I, being a pioneer, man, I tell you, I was talking to Jeff Rouse uh, recently, and you know, Jeff does all the stuff with Airway and stuff. Right. And he, I said, Jeff, so I, I know Buddy's had some, some, you know, heated conversations with people about bonding, like versus porcelain and stuff. And Jeff was relaying a presentation where he and someone in the audience, they were like, like yelling at each other <laughs> over, you know, debating. On I, stuff. I, 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 I went to McHenry County twice and they, they booed me the whole time. You know, that's half Dennis. Yeah. You want to know something? It didn't yeah. bother me. Cause really I, I turned, it turned out to be, yes, because there were, that not the whole group, but there were people there who were yeah. non-believers. They don't believe it. When I went back the second time, I said, you almost gave me a heart attack the first time. <laughs> this is years ago, Dan. I said, I said, I'm telling you what I know. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, but it worked and it does. <laughs> one, one of my favorite presentations that, that I saw you ever give was for the Academy of Aesthetic Dentistry. And I don't know if you remember, this was in Philadelphia and you were doing it on diastema closure with bonding. And you started your presentation, you're up on the dais and you're on your podium and you lean over and you go, all you dentists out there, and you're pointing at the crowd, all you dentists out there that are prepping teeth, cutting down teeth, that's what you said, cutting down teeth for porcelain veneers to close diastemas, you ought to be put in jail. <laughs> well, <laughs> I this, didn't make and a comment. This is the of I made a comment that uh, when I, you remember when I had Dion Murray? Yes, that's when I did, that's when I joined you. You know, you know, and I was in bad shape. My first meeting I did was, was the Dallas meeting. And I, when I met, went back there, I, I get a little emphatic. I said, you know what? People who, I, I just looked at a case that was dentistry today. And there's a small diastema. And then they show these unbelievable preps. And I remember this. I, I said, remember this. I got to tell you, as far as I'm concerned, that's malpractice. Malpractice. And I don't disagree that's with malpractice. that. malpractice. I said, you don't have to do that. In fact, you don't have to bob little pieces of porcelain. You do it with composite. It's a natural, okay? Yep. My nephew, uh, Jeffrey, who's an orthodontist, and he, he calls me later that day. He says, but Uncle Buddy, what did you say? You're all, all over the internet. I said, I told him. I said, what the hell? I said, that's the way it is. You know, I still feel that way. I mean, I see, I see overkill on cases all the time. That, that's not the dentistry is not beautiful, but it's it's just wrong. I well, guess. Let, let's talk to the heart of it because the reality is, and you this this is your line. You talk about dentists being cutters and pasters. Yes. That dentists who drill the teeth, take an impression, send the impression, right. or those digital. And my line is, I don't want to be a cutter and a paster. 
cut her and paste. You know right? what? Because there's nothing more creative than what we do. But there's nothing harder than what we do too, buddy. Learning these skills. It's hard. It's hard. It's so hard, right? But once you learn it, it's not hard. When you learn how to do it the right way, it comes to you naturally. The thing I I got to tell young Dennis is your eye is so important. It, it really is. And you have to visualize what you want to do. You have to be able to train your eye. Yep. And that's the whole thing. Once you can make a tooth look like a tooth, you're, you're a winner. And, yep. and that's the exciting thing because really, it really, a tooth is really unique in the fact that it has every, every aspect of aesthetics. It has color, opacity, translucency, contour, shape, form, characteristic. Think about that. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. It's a, it's it's amazing. a sculpture with color. With color and translucency. And, and that's aesthetic. right. Yep. That's exactly what it is. So, buddy, you hear this all the time. I hear it all the time. I know you heard it all the time. I'm no good at that. My hands aren't good at that. I can't do that. In fact, that was my line. I don't know if you remember this, buddy. We sat down for dinner before I joined your practice, and I was a cutter and paster. I was taking porcelain lab technique courses. I was in the place where I was taught that bonding was not only was it not a good material, it was kind of a crappy temporary material. Interior. Yeah. It was an interior right. material, and that's what yeah. I had heard, and that was the propaganda I was getting. Right. And then I met with you and I told you, you know, buddy, I'm, I'm no good at it. I've tried. It doesn't work in my hands. And you invited me to come into the practice and I saw what real bonding looked like. And I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is so cool. But what do you, in my hands, I didn't understand how to work with the material. I didn't have the knowledge base. What do you tell dentists who say, I, I, I can't do this. I can't do what you do. What do you, what do you tell people? Nothing. I mean, nothing is real. I I self-taught on all this stuff. I didn't have anybody to mentor me. I taught myself, but I they're wrong about that. It's a learned technique, and and if you if you develop your eye in combination with your your skills with your hands, and you can do anything. I'm telling you, I'm no special person. It just happened to me, and I can I can train anybody to do it. I think I, I think I that's can. a thing. Right. And I agree. And I think that's, that's what I try to get people. Look at my son. My son's not a dentist. Right. You see the stuff he does. Yep. It's amazing. Anybody can do it. You know, buddy, I think a lot of people think that they just, you know, I, I'm going to go hear Mopper once and I'm going to know how to do it. I'm going to go take one class from Mopper. I'm going to know how to do it. I don't think people understand that. Sometimes you have to go back and you have to repeat and you have to get more advice, more mentorship. Right. And then right. that what they're missing sometimes. It is. Look, for instance, I just took my, my hands-on courses three times. And he's, you look at what he does. He, there's so many good people out there now. You know, that, that it's amazing how skilled these, these young kids are getting. It, it blows my mind. And I think it just takes, it takes tenacity. It takes effort. It, it takes, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I always have been my, all my life. Yeah, okay. me too. We share more that. Than a, more than a bit. And it's, it's, there are some good things about being a perfectionist. There are things that are not so great about being a perfectionist. Yes, correct. Because it can drive you nuts. But it really is one aspect of, of being, I think, a, a really creative and really good bonder, okay? Because if there's something out of whack, you've got to take care of it. That's the whole thing. Really. You don't have to know what preps to do if you're going to prep. If you're not going to prep, if a prep is necessary, where are you going to take that prep? you got to think about how it works with resistance retention form and all the things that you're doing that's where the thought process comes in in relationship to the skill process well for those who don't may not know this so even though buddy's retired from t- uh, treating patients he's still teaching 
In fact, we're teaching a course in Chicago in September. So this, this may be released uh, before we do our course, but Dr. Mopper's still teaching and he teaches with this enthusiasm because he wants dentists to get better. I mean, you're so engaged. I mean, you teach because you want people to get better. You're not teaching to show off your work. You're no, teaching because I'm you not want people to get better. I am. Yeah. I'm interested how good you can. There's a lot of guys that are better than me now. Doesn't bother me in a bit. Best thing you can do as a good teacher yep. is, is that the people that you teach become better than you. Then you're yep. a great teacher. Yep. That's I what agree. I'm interested in. And the thing about it is, that's what's been missing. That to tell you the truth, is that you when I teach, I'm going to tell you everything it takes to, in order to get you there. Yep. And that we don't, I that's why I'm a step. I probably, there's probably no one that documents like I do. I, I don't think, is there, Dennis? You've taken a few million slides in your yeah, career. Step-by-step step is photos. the key to the whole thing. It you got to know the steps. Yeah. Once you know I the agree. steps, you're, you're home free. Yeah, I agree. And then it's just repetition. And then it's just. That's it's repetition. Right? Yep. That's yep. what it is. Yep. And then there are people that even hone their skills even better with nuances that they create themselves. Yep. It, it's amazing what you yeah. can do. There's some incredibly skilled dentists. And like you said, yeah. I, for me, it's like two things. Number one, you get to control it all, which is I think super gratifying and, and patients see it. You know, this has been a huge driver in my practice. And I did not, I did not foresee this buddy until when I joined the practice. It's a practice builder. It is a practice builder. There are people who come into my practice, our practice that want resin veneers because their friends have porcelain veneers and they know the resin veneers look more natural. I know that. And they right. talk about you. They, they send you nothing like patient referral. Nothing patient like patient referral. Patient referral is the best referral you can have and they talk about you. It's yep. amazing. I built my practice through patient referral. And sure did. It's amazing. Yep. And the practice continues on because of what you said in stone, you know, 40 years ago. And it's, I think, I think porcelain is important. It's critical but having both available. So you can tell Absolutely. patients, look, I can do this in porcelain, but I'm gonna to have to drill your tooth down a ton to be able to close these spaces, or I can just add some bonding. You know, what do you, what do you, what do you wanna do? And so I think, you know, most patients are like, well, <laughs> don't drill down my tooth. And I think that's a huge, huge advantage, huge benefit for what we're able to do. And I implore dentists, get, just practice, just try it, just keep on going, take some more courses, just build up your confidence. And Using, I think, Cosmodent system makes it much more predictable than some of the others. And you get the advantage of having the best microfill on the marketplace, if you ask me, because it's just incredible. I don't mean to make this a big pitch for Cosmodent. What the hell? I got the, I got the guy who started the whole thing right here in front of me, so I may as well. <laughs> Buddy, what have I not talked about your path with building uh, Cosmodent and sort of where you guys are today that, that you want to share with, with people? Well, we've talked about our philosophy, you know, that education is the important thing. I just, I, what I want to share with people is if you need the help, then come see us, okay? We'll help you or find somebody that will help you to do this. Listen, like I said, today's restorative dental material of choice today is composite. That's the way it is. And that includes in the posterior. And uh, we're coming out with a new product that's going to be so great, it's unbelievable. And we'll talk about maybe that in the next session. But yep. posteriorly, it's incredible. Anteriorly, it's incredible. From a cervical standpoint, it's amazing. Uh, and there's so many places to use it that you need to know how to do it. You can't just be a person who's going to rely on the lab to produce everything. Because that's not dentistry today. There's so much hands-on to direct aspects to dentistry that you need to know both. And that's, what I, that's how I feel about it. 
I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah. Do you ever foresee a situation in our lifetime with the way 3D printing is going and the, the resin materials and stuff? Could you ever imagine that you'd be able to just sort of scan somebody and 3D print some composites and, and glue them in there and have yes. as good of a result as what we yeah. can by doing it directly? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering about that because I, I mean, we're doing yeah, much of 3D we're, printing. We're in working in that area. Okay. And I, I envision that. But even though it's 3D printing, it's still, it's still, it's an indirect technique, okay? Right. You're, once you're 3D printing, you think you're still, you still got to paste it on there. Mm-hmm. It's not like, because you don't get direct apposition of the material to the two surface. Right. The interesting thing about direct resin is you get both a chemical and mechanical retention because right. you've got direct apposition of that material to the two surface. You're never going to be able to marginate it the same way. I, I mean that. It'll come along. And, but it's not going to give, how are you going to build the aesthetics into the whole thing? It's going to be very difficult to do, okay? It just is. Yeah, I agree. And and so I don't see anything replacing direct resin bonding for those who want to do it. I mean, it's here, and it depends on where you want to take it. You want to do it aesthetically, fine. You do not want to do it aesthetically, you only posteriorly, fine. You want to do it for cervical restoration and fractured anteriors, okay. You want to do smile change? That it's up to you because it all works with direct resin bonding. In fact, even occlusal rehabilitation work with direct resin bonding, and we've done some, and they last and they're beautiful. Okay, I do a lot of that, absolutely. Yes, you know, you bring up a good point, and we're going to finish soon. But this, this is something, something that you just said. It's going through my head right now. So, like, I'm thinking about a class five restoration. If you cement something in, let's, let's say it's composite. Let's say it's a beautiful composite and you cement yeah. it in. There's going to be that interface of the cement always right. between the resin right. and the tooth. Right. Whereas yeah. if you do it directly, you're going resin on the tooth and you will be able to hone down that margin. And it's imperceptible. Not only with that, when the tooth flexes and you've got just this small bit of cement that between that, that's had a tendency to pop out of there real fast. I, I think that direct resin bonding, these, I would never do a cervical restoration with a paste in. I, yeah. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I, I don't, but it's, yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that from that perspective. Buddy, this is awesome. I was excited to talk to you because I love sharing these these stories because I think they're they're incredible. And I, again, seeing you in action, I had that benefit. But also just knowing the the path that you that you took, and what a lot of young dentists just can't have an appreciation for was what dentistry was like in the '70s and the '80s and into the '90s, and how much I'd say. There, there was a lot of like anger against direct composites and stuff in the in the nineties. Terrible, mean, really vocal. I mean, I'm telling you, even our organized dentistry, the ADA, thought it was inferior. I, yep. di- I didn't care. They were wrong, and I knew it, Dennis. And so that's you can be wrong. That's their mistake. Now, now, and then they got, they talk about evidence based dentistry. Where were they getting the evidence? People didn't know how to use it. Yeah, that was a problem. Okay, and if you read till today, they still have that stuff on there. They're totally wrong. It's not fair to dentistry. And our dental schools do not appreciate composite resin the way they should. Because no one one knows how to teach it. University of Illinois does. I'll tell you that. Let me say this again. There are are some schools that have great, great, but there are many schools. University of Iowa is good. University of Illinois is good. For sure. There's some schools that are, but a lot of them, they don't respect it. They don't teach it. It's unfair to the student. See, yeah. this is where I come in with education. My goal in life 
is to make sure that every down school teaches those kids at skill levels and they come out with some skill levels where they understand how valuable composite resin is. My God, that's what they're repairing everything with in dental yeah. school, yet they don't teach them how to do it. Yeah, well, and that was, that was a motivator for a dental online training, quite honestly, is because I've been teaching in the dental school for so long, I was really had an appreciation for that. And I wanted to find a way to be able to reach to, especially young dentists, but you know, seasoned dentists also, the very basics. How do you layer? Why, how, do you, how do you polish? How do you polish? How do you hone down that margin? Right. Those were the things that I was thinking about that everyone needs to know. And, and I agree with you. We, we have to do a better job of serving our young dentists as they're going through the programs, how to be better at this stuff because it's so critical. Buddy, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you spending the time with us. You've been very generous with me over the years with your time and your knowledge and experience and for you to sit down and hang out with us. We also will be doing our webinar where you'll be able to give a little bit of your presentation right. and really sort of get into the, the layering techniques and what makes Cosbinet so special and stuff. So I, I can't thank you enough. I truly- My this, pleasure, Dennis. This is pretty awesome. Right? This is to everybody cool. out there, keep bonding. Keep bonding. Yeah, that, that, that should be my tagline. Keep keep bonding. Instead, it is, uh, I'm Dennis Hartley, Bureaus for Better Dentistry. Thank okay. you for joining us for our Surecast, buddy. I can't thank you enough, and we look right. forward to seeing you. At the Thanks, Dennis. Road. Nice being with you. Thanks so much for listening to the Surecast. If you are not yet a subscriber, please do subscribe to our Surecast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're loving the Surecast, share it with your colleagues. And please rate it and leave us a review. Also, if you want access to fantastic clinical, managerial, and leadership tips to help you in your practice of dentistry, check us out at dothandson.com or find me on Instagram at HartleyDDS. This episode was created with special help from Clear O'Neill. It was edited by Ashley Dixon Ellison and with original music by Chris Peterson. Again, thank you for listening. I'm Dr. Dennis Hartley, yours for better dentistry. 